Hi, my name is Janina Fuchs. I'm a visiting intern from Germany. From frozen coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Sonic Patel. And I'm Elizabeth Dowdell. And we'll be your hosts for the next half hour of environmental news. Terra Informa is a production of CGSR 88.5 FM, a campus and community recording studio located in Edmonton, Alberta. We are situated on Treaty 6, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples that live and gather here. Treaty is about relationships and respect. And in many ways, we are still figuring out how to center Treaty in the stories we tell here at Terra Informa, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. This is Terra Informa's last episode of the season and the decade. For the next two weeks, CJSR Studios will be airing holiday programming. If you are a local listener, we hope you enjoy the loop. If you're listening from a different radio station or through a streaming service, we'll be revisiting two of our favorite stories from earlier this year. So the Terra Informers can take a short break for the winter holidays. Elizabeth will be hibernating while I return to the factory for routine maintenance. Uh, This week, we're talking about renewable energy and how students from across campuses, disciplines, and countries are exploring what sustainability means to them and to our shared future. We've touched on this subject in many episodes this year because we think energy transition is a critical piece to addressing the climate crisis and moving society to a lower carbon future. In this episode, you'll hear me chat with Yanina Fuchs, a student from Ludwig Maximilian Universität, about her research on how students in Munich, Germany, and across Alberta think about energy. We'll also give you some background on Energiewende, the German Renewable Energy Transition Strategy, and Abinet, a research exchange between German and Alberta students that Yanina Fuchs and our very own Terran former Sonic Patel participated in this past summer. Yanina's research focus is students and how they are thinking about renewable energy. Understanding student perspectives is crucial to our renewable energy future, as young people are increasingly taking stage to draw awareness to the climate crisis. Young people are becoming more and more vocal in protests and school strikes, expressing their anger at climate inaction and trying to prevent and prepare for the environment crisis that they will face in their lifetime. Many recent protests have been inspired by the actions of the young Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg, recently recognized as Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Greta has been protesting climate inaction since 2018, holding a school strike every Friday. This year, millions of young people joined her in calling for climate action in over 100 countries around the world. As the climate crisis escalates, today's youth are tomorrow's decision makers, not only in their personal actions and choices, but those of their businesses and households, government policies and regulations. Before we hear from Yanina about her research, Elizabeth and I want to share some background about what Energiewende is and what we can learn from the German energy transition. What is Energiewende? The term literally means energy transition and refers to a planned decarbonization of energy generation in Germany. Energiewende sets ambitious policy targets to significantly reduce the country's carbon emissions. The policy backing for Energiewende was passed by the German government in 2010 and amended in 2011 to include the phase-out of nuclear energy. So while nuclear energy is not renewable, it does produce electricity without carbon emissions. This decision to move away from this type of clean energy was motivated by the devastating Fukushima disaster 
The event led to a turning point in support for nuclear energy around the world. Germany saw the disaster as a reason to move away from nuclear power, and their government is planning to phase out nuclear power by 2022. A significant component of the decarbonization plan is the development of new renewable energy sources. Energiewende sets a target of 80% renewable electricity generation by 2050. This is a significant increase, as in 2016, renewable energy provided just about 30% of total generation. The largest renewable source is wind, followed by biomass and then solar. Overall, renewable energy growth in Germany has occurred rapidly, from just 5% in 1999, and is continuing to rise. But Elizabeth, why has renewable energy grown so quickly? Well, one mechanism supporting the energy transition is a feed-in tariff. Uh, This is a financial tool that guarantees that renewable energy producers receive a set price for the energy generated. So renewable investment isn't discouraged by the volatility of the energy market. Different feed-in tariffs are dependent on the energy source. In Germany, an initial feed-in tariff was introduced in the year 2000 and provided a price guarantee for 20 years. In 2014, the legislation that supported this tariff was amended to set specific targets for different renewable sources, like solar, biomass, and on and offshore wind. A 2017 amendment introduced a new auction system for renewable development in which a predetermined amount of renewable capacity would be auctioned off for the year. Developers submit the lowest price for the energy generation that is feasible for them, and contracts are awarded to the lowest bidders. The price in the bid is then set as the guarantee for the next 20 years. Some of these amendments have been critiqued for introducing uncertainty for renewable developers and setting fixed ceilings or caps for renewable expansion. Despite special rules for community-owned projects, there are worries about discouraging citizen participation due to the cost of preparing bids and the uncertainty of whether the bid will be successful. Financial incentives for renewable development are also heavily critiqued. The cost of the feed-in tariff is paid through an energy surcharge that has steadily increased from 41 cents per kilowatt hour in 2003 to 6.9 cents per kilowatt hour in 2017. Germany has some of the most expensive electricity rates in the world. Energiewende also sets high goals for energy efficiency. The policy sets a target of reducing energy consumption by 50% compared to a 2008 baseline. These targets are drastic and significant, but go a long way towards reducing the nation's carbon emissions. But just because the German energy transition is ambitious doesn't mean the process is without challenge. Phasing out both coal and nuclear power, Germany's two biggest energy sources, requires the development of a lot of new renewable generation. The German energy infrastructure also requires a lot of new transmission lines, some of which are still being built. Renewable projects often face local opposition from communities that are impacted. And the transportation sector is still carbon intensive. And, as has been the case in many jurisdictions, the costs of climate action are high, and the public can be opposed to this kind of spending on the renewable energy sector and job transitions as the economy decarbonizes. Still, there is lots in the Energiewende strategy to be optimistic about and inspired by. Most studies show that there is high citizen support for Energiewende. One of the reasons might be because Germany has high community and citizen ownership of renewable energy projects. Community energy provides lots of benefits for citizens, including giving people opportunities to influence how projects are designed and built and provide economic benefits to the local community, like funding for local programs or even providing revenue directly to people. Energiewende includes a number of additional targets to address concerns about a renewable transition. These include ensuring there's an adequate supply of electricity to meet demand at all times, maintaining the affordability of energy, expanding the electricity grid, and retaining and creating jobs for sustainable growth and high quality of life. Okay, okay, Sonic. 
Those are a lot of good things, but spell out for me why the German energy transition is relevant to Alberta. Well, the scope of the challenge is not dissimilar. Alberta produces 11% of our electricity from renewable sources, so we also have a lot of work to do to transition our energy generation. Energiven that demonstrates what an ambitious policy and market tools like a feed-in tariff can do for renewable growth. So Alberta held our own renewable electricity auctions through the Renewable Electricity Program and was able to introduce a number of energy projects at low prices before the program was cancelled. Some of the challenges Germany has faced, like high electricity costs, provide an example of what can derail energy transition. And although a country's individual contexts need to be considered, energy transition plans like Germany's build a body of knowledge on how to help or hinder energy transition in other places, like Alberta. Now that we have some background about Germany's energy transition plan, let's hear from Janina about her experience producing research with Albertan and German students. Hi, my name is Janina Fuchs. I'm a visiting intern from Germany. I'm an undergrad student of geography at the Ludwig Maximilians Universität, University in, in Munich, in Germany. And I'm here on a MyTechs Global Inc. internship, a three months internship. It's a program that brings students from selected countries all over the world to Canada for a summer internship. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're studying? Sure. So I study geography because I'm interested in sustainability and climate change issues. And I thought it would be great if I first understood how our planet works um, to make myself uh, my mind up and to make myself an opinion on how our planet works and how climate change works. So that's kind of my incentive for studying geography. And my internship here is at the Department for uh, Resource Economics and Environmental Sociology in the Faculty of Agricultural Life and Environmental Science. The broader topic of my internship here is renewable energies out of a sociological point of view, out of a societal point of view, so especially community-owned renewable energy projects. And yeah, so that's the scope of my internship here. My supervisor gave me a lot of freedom in what I wanted to do for my internship, and I was looking for something that I could also work on in my bachelor for my bachelor thesis at home, which I'm going to write this winter, <laughs> um, hopefully. And I came up with the idea to conduct a survey with the students at the U of A on energy development in Alberta and to ask them about their perception of different energy sources in this province and their support for renewables in specific. Can you tell me why the interest in renewables? So I believe that um, renewables are a key factor in decarbonizing our energy sector and in meeting global climate goals. I believe that renewables are going to play a major ro role for that. So I believe that it's definitely important to look into the also the perception of society of what people think about this new technology because research shows that the acceptance or the opposition of, of people really uh, influences their implementation by the political uh, stakeholders. Um, so yeah, that's why I think it's it's relevant to, to study that. Okay, so two kind of perspectives then, one that it's an important technology and the second that I guess yes. implied in your in your research is that we don't really know that much about what society would people think about renewables as a whole. I, of course, did a literature review for my survey, 
And there has there have been lots of surveys done on renewables and their perception in general, but not so many on students yet. I found lots of studies on on like communities that um, have an opinion on renewables, but only a handful that targeted students in specific. So I'm hoping that with my research, I can add to that knowledge base for the demand of energy types among students. This focus on students, is that like, do you have a personal interest in energy? And did this sort of inquiry come from thinking about yourself? Or can you tell me about where the inspiration to focus on sort of students or young people came from? Sure. So I guess one of the factors is that I'm a student myself. And of course, I have my opinion about energy sources. And I talk a lot about that with my friends at home and also here during the internship, of course, because it's one of the main focuses of the internship. I'm just interested to get out of my bubble, sort of my geography bubble, but also my sustainability bubble to see what people from other departments, other faculties think about this. Maybe if they know more um, about energy issues or less and what how that influences their support or opposition for different energy sources. And then I just believe that students are like a very relevant part of the Albertan population because right now they're already making energy related decisions, maybe in their homes. Most of us live in like live still with our families or we still live in student dorms. So we may not have much power about choosing our power supplier yet, but some of us also live alone or they might inspire a discussion about energy supply at home if they have an opinion on that. And also, of course, in the future, uh, the students are going to be a big part of the population making energy-related decisions in their homes, in their communities, also in their working environments, because they might be the future leaders of political parties or CEOs of yeah energy companies. So that's why I believe it's very relevant to ask for their opinions. I've noted that there is environmental activism and protests are rising all around the world. And I just think that um, the university is a good environment to make yourself an opinion about these issues. And you're quite likely to also stick to the opinion that you make during your academic career. So what I notice is that students um, have many opinions on this and they want to get heard by, yeah, by protesting, by being active on social media and yeah, just getting out there. So... I'm really interested in yeah, finding out what the students here at the U of A have to say. Do you have any preliminary findings you'd like to talk about? I came up with the idea to conduct a survey about one and a half months ago, and um, my research internship only lasts for three months. So I've been here for two and a half months already, so I had to uh, design the survey and um, get the approval by the ethics board fairly quickly. Uh, so that all went pretty fast. And I'm super grateful for the support that I had from my from my team here and from my supervisor. And uh, the survey's been online now for uh, a little more, I think almost two weeks, had lots of responses so far. I don't have any findings yet that I could uh, report, but because I haven't started analyzing the data yet, I've just been browsing comments. It's also in the in the context of Alberta as a uh, province that's reliant on oil and gas and that's highly influenced by that industry. Many of the family members of the student are working in that sector. I guess that's definitely going to influence the results. And as I'm also planning to do the same survey in my home university in Munich, 
and comparing the results between the students in Germany and in Canada. That's one of the factors that's highly going to influence the results because we don't have that um, we don't have an oil and gas industry that's so strong in Germany and we don't have not so many of us have relatives working in that area so for us it's maybe more the coal sector mm -hmm. of course the findings of my study will be quite biased uh, i have a what researchers call non-response bias because my the participation sorry, the participation in my survey is voluntary like when i tell when i approach people and tell them it's a survey on energy development they are only going to take part if they are interested in energy development so the responses that i get are kind of biased to a side which like it's answered only by people who are interested in this topic still i got many responses yet from different faculties, not just from science and engineering. Um, and I'm very happy about that. And I'm glad that so many people, yeah, wanted to participate in my survey. Are there any other sort of elements of the Alberta context and the German, the Munich context that you think make for a good comparison? Are there other similarities or differences that you think are unique or you'd like to maybe speak to in terms of the re renewable energy? I guess the political setting is also very different. In Germany, we've been implementing renewables since 2000 actively, and we had plans to do that, or the plan started in the 1990s. And that's very different here. But again, that's related to the very, like the very influential um, oil and gas industry. So yeah, because we don't have that natural potential in Germany, our energy sector just developed quite differently and that's why also our politicians um, act differently than here so uh, we're just at a very different level of implementing renewables i've just checked today uh, the share of renewables in the electricity supply is about 46 percent in germany whereas i think in alberta it's about 13 percent or something like this yeah we're looking at different contexts and apart from that Students in general are more liberal, are supposed to be more liberal or progressive compared to the, like the rest of the population, um, older generations maybe. So I'm also uh, interested in looking at the different levels of education on renewables um, and comparing that between Germany and uh, Alberta because there's a question in my survey asking, on, uh, asking about whether renewables are a part of the degree that the uh, student is taking. So if it's somehow mentioned or if it's the focus or not at all, I'm interested in seeing their differences between the, the states. Those opportunities for education are an interesting angle. We've been talking a lot about education at Terra Informa um, in terms of climate change, earth and atmospheric processes, uh, some of the organizing or just social engagement around climate change. What do you think is important about renewable education? Or renewables in the education system? As I already mentioned, I think that um, renewables are going to play a major role in uh, reaching climate goals. As many of us build our opinions about these issues during our educational career, so in school and then in, in university, I think it's very important just to educate people about this. And uh, the studies that I found on students and um, on their perceptions of or their opinions on renewables, most of them advocate a more education about renewables and also about climate issues in in universities and schools in general. 
And this is also a question I'm asking in my survey, whether students think it's necessary to have more education on that. Something interesting um, about your sample areas or the subjects you're choosing to open the survey to, so university students in Alberta and university students in Munich, are you looking at trade schools at all? Um, of course, that's a very good point. And I'd love to also get uh, the opinions of universities that more focus on practical experience, if that's what, uh, if I understood that correctly. But the thing is that I'm a one-man research team and my resources in terms of uh, time and yeah, money are pretty limited. So I'm doing my best to collect as many responses as I can at the U of A, because that's kind of in my scope. And then in Munich, I have to uh, talk to my supervisor about which universities we want to in include in the survey there. But it yeah depends very much on my time as uh, a, a research team. Yeah, so here in Alberta, I'm going to put the survey out also to the U of C, um, because I know some professors and students there who could help me distribute it. But yeah, because of, well, out of administrative reasons, we had to limit it to the U of A for, yeah, also the scope of my three months internship here. But apart from, uh, well, otherwise, I'd be happy to include that in my research. For people listening, for young people who are curious about renewable energy, who want to learn more about renewable energy, are there any sources of information or programming that you would advise or recommend that they look into either here in Alberta or in the Munich context? That might be a challenging question. I mm, Yeah. Actually, um, I don't, there, as, there's no organization or, or research network that comes into my mind right now. I just hope that um, governments um, and educational institutions keep... Um, pushing forward the topic of renewables and in general of energy issues in at schools and universities. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. And so I guess universities are a good context to inform yourself about this. So if you want to study like engineering um, or I know that you can study renewable resources here at the U of A, for example, um, I think that's definitely a good way to go if you're interested in these topics. I don't want to put any internet uh, sites <laughs> out there right now because I don't know what's like best to inform yourself, but that's also a source of information where people can go for sure. And that's all I know. One research initiative looking at energy transitions across disciplines and countries is Abbeynet, a research exchange between Alberta, Canada, and Bavaria, Germany, that investigates a range of energy-related dimensions, including how to decarbonize the sector. Abbeynet focuses on interdisciplinary research, connecting students and professionals in the disciplines of engineering, computer science, natural science, and social science to investigate the relationship between energy, ecosystems, the economy, and society. Interdisciplinary work is somewhat rare in the research world, and for good reason. It is deeply challenging. It requires researchers to understand a number of diverse types of analyzing and different ways of understanding issues, then be able to weave together a variety of findings and viewpoints. That said, the climate crisis is complex and interdisciplinary. 
and will affect our infrastructure, ecosystem, economies, and society. Addressing the climate crisis requires collaborative and synchronized efforts from researchers in a variety of fields. So not only does AbbeyNet investigate multiple dimensions of energy research, they also host a summer school for university students, which rotates yearly between Alberta and Bavaria. This allows students to learn about energy transition issues and work on interdisciplinary research projects across countries and campuses. Let's hear from Yanina as she talks about her experience at the 2019 summer school hosted in Kananaskis, Alberta, and more on her research exchange experience. Your survey, any other experiences or engagements that um, of note that you'd like to share that have shaped the way you understand your research context here in Alberta? A very valuable experience for me was the summer school that I went to in August. It's um, a summer school of the of a research network called AbbeyNet, which is a network between Alberta and Bavaria, uh, the state in, in Germany where I'm from. They've been working together on energy transition issues and uh, like local green energy transi- transitions um, since 2010. So it's a network between universities from Bavaria and universities in Alberta, the U of A and the U of C. Each summer, they're hosting summer schools where about 30 students get together, from, so from, from Germany and from Alberta, and they work for one week on energy-related topics, and they get different lectures and different working tasks. And in the end, they have to submit a um, research proposal. This summer school was also a very intense experience for me. I think I learned a lot um, about interdisciplinary work with people from different contexts. And we went on field trips, like excursions, and we went to Banff. And I just got to experience uh, also the Rocky Mountains from from a different angle, from from the energy uh, perspective. And I think that helped me different. That helped me definitely understand uh, the context of energy issues here in Alberta, with these great distances and also the indigenous land part to it. And so that was a great experience. Apart from that, I just enjoyed being out in the nature here, um, doing trips to Jasper, and yeah, enjoying the river valley here. Uh, I've been visiting the Toastmasters Club at the university which is a club for public speaking. And I found that to be a great environment to practice this and very, very friendly people there. That's about my, my experience here. Oh, and I attended a, yeah, an Ultimate Frisbee League, which was also very much fun and oh. gave me a different perspective on sports in North America. <laughs> and how did you find Ultimate Frisbee? Um, hard. Uh, I've never played it before. I think only once in Munich. Uh, and I wasn't very familiar with the rules. Or, well, the rules are fairly easy to understand. But then there's like strategies that you can use uh, during a game. And yeah, it took me some time to get um, familiar with that. But I scored my first point yesterday in the Ooh. game. And that was, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm happy to hear your... Uh... <laughs> What a wonderful way to start bringing uh, your research time here to an end. I understand you'll be leaving us soon. Yes, so I have two and a half weeks more. In the last week here, I'll be presenting the findings of my U of A survey to the department. 
then I'll be going home and start, I'll start working on my bachelor thesis and my survey in Munich. So that's going to be a lot of work to kind of adapt the survey that I've developed here, that I've designed to the German kind of settings. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to leave. Thank you for sharing, Yanina, about your uh, your current research project, your sort of what inspired you to work on it, sort of where your interests came from. I think we can sort of wrap it up there. So, I'm, I yeah, just hope that um, people or students keep participating in survey research because it's such a yeah important part for our research. I think no more, nothing to add. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks again to Yanina for sitting down with us and sharing her research and enthusiasm about renewable energy. And that's our show for the week and for the year and for the decade. Thank you to Carter Gorzitza for producing this week's episode. Terraforma is entirely volunteer run, and we survive because of generous donations to our host studio, CJSR 88.5 FM. Consider a donation to your local radio station to keep stories like this on the air. Thank you again to all of our listeners for an incredible 2019 for keeping our show on the air, and for wanting to stay informed on environmental issues. Catch us next year for a new decade of environmental news right here on Terra Informa.